0: Pioneer Church based in Loughborough in the UK. Our mission is to make disciples to establish heaven on earth. Hello everyone. It's great to be here at OH2. I don't really get to come here often. Um, So it's really nice. Not because I'm not allowed, um, but because I'm part of the OH1 team, so I'm usually there in the afternoon. So it's great being here in the morning. Um, Yeah, I am the student worker here. I absolutely love it. I'm very excited for this time of year when there's a whole new wave and cohort of new students coming. It gets me like, it's what makes me tick really. I'm very excited at the moment. So hopefully just join in with that basically. Um, I'm married to Rachel, she works for Fusion. Um, We have been married almost two years now, which is fun. Um, So that's a little bit about me. And today I'm going to be speaking on committing to one another. And um, in, in week one, Rich Wilson, he spoke on loving one another, didn't he? And really, that is the only, the only place you can start, I think, in this series of loving one another, because you can't do anything else without the love. So we're going to be looking in this series at, like, honouring each other, serving one another, praying for one another, forgiving one another... It's basically impossible. It's really hard to do all of that without first loving one another. So I'm going to be referring back to loving one another in this talk, not because I'm trying to repeat it, but because love's going to be throughout this series. Um, we can't complete it <laughs> after week one. We don't sort of tick that off and be like, right, hey, I've loved one another for a week. Let's move on. Um, so that that is something that we really need to hold on to i think as a church and remember that everything that we do everything that we do for one another comes from a place of love so caroline's talk last week on living in harmony with one another um and i, I heard that the, as a response there was a commitment to caring for creation and i don't know how that went for you guys and how that commitment went but today's all about commitment so if you didn't do so great hopefully today might help um and commitment, I mean, it's, it's a funny word, uh, commitment to commit, committed. I, I asked oh one last week when I was speaking, um, what sort of first comes to mind when you hear the word commit, and there was all sorts that came out. Marriage was thrown out there, which is a lovely answer. Um, hard was thrown out, and maybe not, I don't know, maybe they were linked, maybe not. Um, locked in. Somebody shouted out small groups, somebody else said dedication. So that might be some of the words that come to mind when you think of like commitment, locked in, hard work, um, dedication. When, when I was sort of thinking, the first thing that came to my mind was that, well, two words like commitment-phobe. Now, I, I don't really know if commitment-phobe is a particularly like new word, but it seems to be doing, doing the rounds at the moment, but particularly in in terms of, like, context of relationship, a commitment phobe around relationship. So I was just having a look at some of the characteristics of a commitment phobe and what's what sort of associated. So and this is what came up. So a fear of deep friendship, a reluctance to commit to a job or career. Uh, there can be such an abundance of choice um, that we can hesitate rather than commit I'd I'd say, I'll put this one in there. I think it sort of looks like when you're scrolling through Netflix for about an hour and a half looking for something decent to watch and you're like, there's nothing that I want to watch. Um, And fear of committing to a really bad film for an hour and a half, two hours and being like, what a waste of time. Um, There can be a fear of feeling trapped in and living with the decisions that we make. I'm really sorry for sort of starting off on a bit of a negative note, (laughs) but I think it's really important to sort of like notice, okay, there's some of the characteristics of maybe of fear of commitment or non-committal. Where where does that appear in my own life? Where does that actually stare me in the face a little bit of like, oh, crikey. Um, Another one that I didn't say actually, using words like maybe or probably or if nothing else comes up, if we use that frequently, I for one use that as a get-out far too often, of like, oh, maybe that would be nice to do, wouldn't it? Yeah, I'll have to think about it, never to think about it again. Um, so we've just got to watch ourselves of like, where, do, where does non-commitment, where does non-committal sort of like creep in and I eyeball it for a little bit of like, hmm, I see you in my life. I mean, thankfully, we have somebody who demonstrates commitment perfectly in God, Um, Throughout scripture, throughout history, God is committed. He is a committed God. If you've been following Jesus for a long time, you know in your own lives that God is a God of commitment. And um, I think immediately, if you know the times where God is so committed to the Israelites in the Old Testament, no matter what sort of crazy things they're getting up to or daft things they're getting up to, God is really committed to journeying with them. He's committed to still being their God. I think of his commitment to his church, (laughs) that no matter how many times the church, capital C church, sort of misses the mark or drifts away from its purpose, drifts away from the mission, that his commitment to his church is so, so strong. He never strays away from his church. His bride, the church is his bride after all. So he is committed, like marriage in marriage, he is committed to the church. So, um, I want us to flick to two verses, please, if you've got your Bibles, very close to one another. Ephesians 4, verse 2, and Colossians 3, verse 13. So, Ephesians 4, 2, Colossians 3, 13. This is sort of going to be a bit of where we sit for the talk. So, also keep them open for the rest of the talk because, you know, you might spot something and it might speak to you more than it speaks to how I say things. (laughs) Always good to have the Bible open. So, Ephesians 4, verse 2, Colossians 3, 13. We'll start with the Ephesians one, shall we? Which says, Be completely humble and gentle, be patient bearing with one another. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. And then Colossians 3.13, a few pages later, we have, bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. So there are sort of two verses that we're going to sit in. And both of them have that same word in there, particularly in my version of NIV, of bear with one another. Other versions, they, they say make allowance for each other's faults. Or the Passion Translation, this is a lovely one. It says tolerate the weaknesses of those in the family of faith. I like that. So bearing with one another, making allowances, for each other's faults, tolerating weaknesses is all demonstrating commitment, isn't it? I think that's basically, that is commitment right there, bearing with one another, tolerating weaknesses. And what these verses say of bearing with one another, it's almost a commitment to saying, I'm going to stick with you. I'm not going away. I'm not going to quit. I'm not giving up on you. I'm sticking with you. I'm not going to quit. I'm with you. It's all right. I'll tolerate your weaknesses, and I'll stick with you. You're in the family of faith, so I'm sticking with you. I'm not going away. It's all right. I'm going to bear with you. I'm going to be patient. I'm going to forgive you. I'm going to be with you. I'm not going away. I'm not giving up. It's this constantly of we are going to bear with one another, as it says in scripture. And I love how this has fallen near the start of this series, because after after the week of love, we got a whole new energy of loving one another. After the week of living in harmony with another, we're like, great, we'll do that. But this one's like, if we're going to outwork any of that, where the rubber hits the road is where commitment meets. There's got to be follow through with all that. It can't be just a one-time thing. There has to be a follow through. And 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 in thinking of this, I had a few like oh, I don't know verses that came to mind in terms of like God's commitment. And, um, and sort of all like two-parters, really. So I thought of like John 3:16, the verse we all sort of probably know. And if we just had the first half of For God So Love the World, we could be like, fantastic. That's like week one. We're loving one another. God, you love us. That's brilliant. We can rest and live in the knowledge that God, you love us. And that's brilliant. But there's a second part to it which is brilliant, that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes him in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Yes, God loves us, but oh wow, God really loves us that he demonstrates commitment in sending his one and only son to die for us. He's literally all in. He's saying, I love you, and this is what I'm gonna do about it. There's a level of commitment that God is demonstrating here um, that we, we can never match, but it's good to know that God can. I think of the Great Commission as well. You know, Matthew 28. Therefore go, make disciples of all nations, baptise in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. <laughs> Fantastic. Thanks for that commission, God. And, next line is and, massive and, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. You see, the great commission is not without first his great commitment to us. God is always with us. He says it that this is my great commission to you, and this is my great commitment to you. That I am with you always. Not just in the times when it's easy, not just in the times when it's hard, not just in the times of like excitement and feeling like full of faith, not just in the times where we're thinking, flipping heck, God, where are you? He is always, always, always with us. With us in the mundane plodding, with us in the exciting moments. He was with us with COVID and he'll be with us forever, always. I think of John 14, verses 15 to 17, where Jesus says, If you love me, keep my commands, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. I will, he will be with you forever, the Spirit of truth, i.e., you know, the Holy Spirit. Again, God is demonstrating his commitment to us by giving us the Holy Spirit to be with us forever, not going away. It's not just a one-time thing. It's God saying, I'm not going away. I'm not giving up on you. (laughs) I'm giving you this commission, and I'm going to be with you. You're going to mess up, but I'm going to be with you. I'm not quitting. I'm not going to jog on. I'm staying with you. I'm committed to you. Therefore, the point is basically boiling down that you probably grasped that God is so committed to us. Our commitment to anybody else has to come from that place and knowledge and experience of, wow, God, you are so committed to us. And it's so much easier to therefore commit to one another when we love one another. Like I said, we'll be coming back to loving one another all, all the time. Commitment without love just becomes a chore. So I just wanted to have a look at a few little things of what being committed to one another actually involves. There's absolutely stack loads, but this is sort of what I feel God sort of highlighted to me and just sort of highlight to you, I guess. So the first one is consistency. It's really, really hard to commit to anything if the goalposts, Keep moving. If we're like, gosh, where am I going here? Where am I going there? And it's one of the reasons being committed to following Jesus is so great because those goalposts stay the same. He says it himself. I'm the same yesterday, today, and forever. There's a level of consistency with God because without consistency, there's just confusion. And there's there's not really any confusion when it comes to Jesus. He's down the line. Which is great, really helpful. So, to love and commit to one another well, we need to be consistent in showing up. And I was thinking of like the sporting analogy, of like a team sport, maybe football, of an inconsistent team who is amazing one week, who are like seeming to give hundred percent one week, and then next week, literally seven days later, they look like they couldn't even be bothered and are giving like twenty percent. Um, I'm an Everton fan, so that is a very real analogy for me. (laughs) The level of inconsistency is infuriating. (laughs) But on the flip side of that, if you've got a team that is performing consistently, they normally are the ones that see success. They are normally the teams that are doing really, really well. They're the group of people who are seeing good things happen because there's a level of consistency week in, week out for them to sort of succeed so let's be a consistent people who are the same on a, on a Wednesday, nine till five to a Sunday morning here at church. Let's be a consistent people who show up for each other, not just like in the physical sense showing up, but also showing up like mentally. And we switched on when we with people. Are we consistent in our actions? Are we consistent in the things that we're saying? Are we consistent in the, the sort of emotions that we show people as well? And it's not being robots. Consistency isn't about being robots, but it's about being real and authentic. The second thing that I think commitment um, is involved is patience. That Ephesians passage itself, it says, and it tells us to be patient, to be humble and gentle alongside bearing with one another. Paul knows that to bear with one another, there's got to be a level of patience and if we are committed to one another, boy, do we need to be patient. <laughs> commitment isn't just a one-time transaction, as I've said before. When, when we commit, we sort of relinquish the ability to opt in and opt out whenever we want or whenever we feel like it. Therefore, bearing with one another means we must be patient. We think of, like, God's commitment to us. How often does he show us Patience. How often have we experienced the patience of God? How easy do we actually find it to be patient with others? How do we practice this heart of patience? I'm not really giving any answers here, but I'm just sort of getting you to think. How do we do that? How do we reflect that character of God? Patience involves waiting, yes. It means often resting in a bit of a state that would rather not be in particularly. It means trust and hope in something to shift or to move or to break through to happen. Having faith that the hardships that we're facing, they will pass. That the awkwardness and difficulty, they will come to an end and they will be resolved. So patience isn't isn't a passive act. It's not just waiting with our feet up and waiting for the storm to pass, as people like to say. In patience, we must remain active. And that might look like in prayer that might look like being active and actually working things through actually committing to committing to conflict doing conflict well having conversations well and reaching out maybe again and again to those maybe people that we've lost patience with but there's that consistency of like no I'm going to reach out again and again and again And I think bearing with one another in love signifies bearing with each other's weaknesses, as the other translations said. Not giving up on loving them just because of their weaknesses. And to be honest, of course, we, we look at ourselves and we see plenty of weaknesses that we need to sort of confront and accept. So let's not be surprised when we see weaknesses in other people. And let's not be surprised when other people let us down because we're people and that's what happens. But it, it, I mean that Colossians verse puts it beautifully, doesn't it? About if we are to flourish in loving one another and being committed to one another, let's imitate the ways of Jesus. That Colossians that Colossians passage comes where Paul's saying, basically, now that you come into life with Jesus, it's out with the old and in with the new. The old ways of doing things won't cut it anymore. It's not it's not a great clothing to wear. You, you sort of references clothing. So how do we live? What do we wear, Paul? Handily, he tells us, to clothe us with compassion and kindness and humility and gentleness and patience each day, committing to those we love. Out with the old and in with the new, let's clothe ourselves with compassion, with patience, with gentleness, with humbleness. And then the other thing that I thought that needs to be involved with being committed to one another, and this might be really, really simple, but we need one another. We actually can't be committed to one another without the one another. But it's really simple, but I think it's worth saying. Nobody can do it alone in anything, never mind following Jesus. So who, who are the people you are committed to doing this walk with following Jesus with? Who are those people? Who are the people who are committed to you? I mean, it's easier to do all of this if there's like a bit of a mutual commitment to one another. Um, You know, I think of like the group of friends that I've got that are are really committed to me. And hopefully I'm really committed to them. And they're the ones that call out the best in you when you need to hear it. They're committed to walking with you, even things are hard. They're committed to you, even if you're not really heard from them in five months. (laughs) But your relationships are really strong. (laughs) Maybe that's for guys a little bit more. But um, I know that they are not disappearing anytime soon. They're not going to give up on me. I'm not going to give up on them. I'm not going to say, right, I've had enough. I've seen too many of your weaknesses now. I'm off. No, there's a commitment. I am committed to you. And it makes makes it a lot easier to journey this life of faith when there's a commitment to one another. And community, it doesn't work without commitment. I think commitment doesn't work when there's a bit of like selfish ambition in the mix. And like selfish ambition, I think, takes a bit of an approach when we're more concerned about how I want things to be rather than how God designed things to be. So there needs to be a bit of a recognition that we cannot be what God designed us to be without the lives of others because he created us to be in community. We cannot be what God designed us to be without the lives of others. So commitment it involves consistency. It involves patience. It involves one another. And always involves love. And um, just, just last week, I, for some reason, I came across a group on campus who were the Airsoft Society. If you don't know what Airsoft is, it's basically paintballing. So there's loads of different societies um, at the uni, and this is one, and I came across them. I was like, this is a really interesting group of people, but why are you you a group? Why have you sort of like come together? And I was thinking in relation of commitment, of they've, they've got a commitment to this thing called Airsoft, which brings them together. That's the thing that unites them. That's the thing that builds a community. It's around this common love, maybe they love it, maybe they don't love, this Airsoft. It's the thing that brings them together. And I felt God just highlight it to me of like, us as community, us as the church, us as brothers and sisters in our faith, the family of faith. What are we What is the thing that unites us? Is it just a bit of like? commonality is it just interests or is it actually Jesus is that the thing that unites us is the thing that brings us to be committed to one another is it Jesus or is it just because we like one another that helps yes but is it solely focused on Jesus and I felt challenged when I was in this um, group of people of like gosh they are, this year they're going to build a bit of a community formed around this thing called Airsoft they're going to get to know each other there's going to be a level of commitment that they go to I'm like flip us as a church us as a community of Christ we need to be the best in the business at commitment to one another we need to be the best in the business at loving one another to be able to walk with one another you know there's loads of groups isn't there Loads and loads of groups that we can be involved with, but I think church, oh too, OH as a whole, we need to be the best in the business at loving one another, at being committed to one another, in challenging one another, to watching each other's backs, to praying for one another, encouraging one another, seeing the best in one another and calling it out. I don't think that really happens in other sort of groups or societies or clubs. I think that can be something that is characteristic of us of committing to one another. It's that whole thing again of I'm walking with you. I'm not giving up. I'm not quitting. I'm not going anywhere anytime soon. I'm walking with you. It's okay. I can see your weaknesses. I can see mine. Let's encourage one another. I'm not going away. I'm not quitting. I'm not giving up on you. Okay, you've hurt me, but guess what? I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> We've had a great time. Let's keep going. So I think, band, you can come up. Actually, um, I think with all that, there might be some things that we we just want to take away and mull over. But I felt like there were some three key, key areas of commitment that would be good to re- respond to here in the room today. Um, so there's three areas. I think there's, there's a commitment again to following Jesus. I think there's a commitment again to loving him. Maybe even for the first time, or maybe the first time in a long time, that actually before committing to anybody, they're like, God, I need to commit to you again. That so maybe this is acted as a bit of a reminder of, oh, flip, yeah, actually my own commitment to you, Jesus, isn't as strong. So I think there's, yeah, a commitment to Jesus. I think there's a commitment to community. I know for me, it's community that's helped me in the last 18 months. It's those friends, it's those friendships that have walked with me and helped me and encouraged me and committed to meeting with one another, even though if it was hard or online or whatever. So I think there's a bit of a commitment to community again. And I'm leaving that deliberately sort of open and broad of like, you fill in the gaps of what that community is for you. Maybe it's a group of friends. Maybe it's OH2. Maybe it's wider, I don't know. But commitment to community, to people. A commitment to people. Because that's, that's what it is. It's not a commitment to an event. It's commitment to people. And then lastly, I feel like there needs to be maybe... For some of us, a commitment to an other, to a one. Um, Maybe it's only a handful of us in the room today, but maybe there's a recommitment to that one particular person that we have maybe decided to give up on, or maybe thought, actually, you've wronged me, you've hurt me. But actually, there's a bit of a conviction today of, no, I'm going to stay committed to this person.